0: Welcome back at the Sea Podcast. This is your host Fabian Seewald, and today we're going to lift up together. With Marie Leinhardt, we're diving into her works of art and how she is challenging physical phenomena and transforms them into poetic pieces of art. Fasten your seatbelt and enjoy the flight. Welcome to the Sea Arts Podcast. We build a bridge between arts and business and want to inspire you to see arts. Welcome to a new episode of the Sea podcast and today after long conversations on Zoom I'm all excited to have an inspiring artist here with me today in a face-to-face meeting and actually we are in Stuttgart in our beloved Kulturschutzgebiet. It's Marie Lienhardt. Uh, she grew up in France and England and here from Stuttgart today we dive a bit into her history in her works She explores the elasticity of natural phenomena and also challenges and actually let the the audience witness her perspective shifting or visual shifting ideas of her artwork. Uh, I got actually to know her work on Instagram, The Logics of Gold, and I'm all excited to also explore this one into virtual reality in a bit it was taken in, in Stuttgart and the idea was to have a, a giant golden balloon flying into space and we're going to learn more about this artwork with Marie in a bit. So yeah, let's welcome Marie from Stuttgart to the world. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, before actually that... You've, you've done
1: your research, so think we can stop now.
0: <laughs> I think there is so much more to explore and yeah, thanks so much for, for taking the time. I start today actually with a quote that really intrigued me when I was listening to Marie's um, TEDx talk. It's by Gaston Bachelard, and uh, it says the following. In the world of dreams we do not fly because we have wings, but we have wings because we have flown. The principle of flying in dreams is deep. This is the principle which imagination must find a really moving piece, why did you choose this one? and What is your relation to dreams and imagination?
1: Um, I think I would start by repeating it again, because once you just start with a new idea, it takes a bit of time to get into it. So what Gaston Bachelard says, in the world of dreams we do not fly because we have wings, but we have wings because we have flown. And if you think of uh, dreaming of flying um, in your dreams, you don't actually have wings. And he t- refers to the fact that um, you have the feeling that you have um, that you can fly from from these dreams. And in this book, um, where I got the quote from, he also talks about very analytical people who um, normally are very reasonable and would not do anything too crazy, but they are so convinced by this experience that. It is I must actually. I, it is, the experience was so strong, I, I felt it so strong. It must actually be possible. And talks about one person who actually tried it down his staircase, then <laughs> walked around with crutches for quite a few weeks because um, you no, know, it's really in the world of dreams that this is possible. And this is what he refers to as this um, being important for the imagination. Is really this. Um, going beyond what is actually possible, and um, through the world of imagination, as it happens in the dreams, that you experience something which is so convincing, that our imagination also extends so far, that we are really, um, um, like we could, you, you can almost feel it, you can almost be in it, through your imagination, and through the imagination, then things can become real. So what I find really fascinating is really this dream of the impossible and the feeling that it's real and through that feeling and that experience of um, then putting it into practice and going beyond our normal limited thinking that this is the way that it is, that's the way that this is and there's no way of changing this. And I think this is also something that's happened now in the Corona crisis as well, that um, we have made the experience that it's possible to imagine the world differently and we have had to respond to the situation and we have had to make changes in the planet to start breathing. Something which we've been saying for years, it's impossible, the systems are too complicated, we can't change it, and then suddenly... And I think this is also something which is very, very positive about that crisis. That is, um, well, no, the potential you- of thinking differently has been opened up.
0: Yeah, in a way there is an absolute truth but also relative truth and I think this relative truth got totally challenged by what happened and, uh, and how we could actually reimagine, re- rethink how we've been doing things and how we thought this is sad, this is kind of how the system is running mm-hmm. and it can't be the other way around starting from uh, flying crazy around the planet but also from the small things that we all experienced. Uh, where we found our, our our sweet spot at home where we kind of get a new uh, a new bonding and new belonging within the family that it's sometimes that it's not this out outer world but no. it's sometimes the inner world that we could reflect and no. actually feel again. Yeah
1: yeah and have time. What I've also read is what's been very important is have time to sleep and dream.
0: <laughs> I actually recently started uh noticing and drawing down my dreams, which is also a powerful thing, because yeah, actually uh, we have some six to eight hours sleep, sometimes more, sometimes less, but there's also so many crazy things going on, if you note them down, actually, you're also teaching yourself that this part of your subconscious, how can you get more ideas and also more, get get to know you a bit better, yeah. and, and that's a fun, yeah. uh, a fun new ritual that I started doing uh, recently.
1: Yeah. Now Absolutely.
0: The, the, uh, we've, we've taken the, the first part of the quote, right now the second part. The principle of flying in dreams is deep. This is the principle which imagination must find.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is this something you also try to bring into your, your work of art to, to spark these uh well, the thoughts of imagination, this possibility of imagination.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, actually, in all my work, that's something that I um, try. I try and create an experience which which, which uh, makes this uh, kind of recognition or this kind of um, feeling um, graspable out of the, the the daily routine, out of the, the way that we understand the way that the world works, for example. Um, I have... Um, I don't know if you already know this piece. its um, I've managed to overcome gravity through the law of attraction. I've um, taken two very, very strong magnets and placed them very close to each other and um, stopped them from touching each other and connecting through um, having them held in the, into the walls. and. Um, through the force of attraction that they have between them, they fly. Wow! So something which we think actually the law of gravity is given. Is given. Um, yeah. So having that moment of saying, ah, maybe there are other possibilities. And with with the project Logics of Gold, it's also um, in that case it's using a very immersive technology to also create that kind of experience. Uh, Maybe I'll just talk briefly about what what the project is about. Um, A helium balloon, two meters uh, diameter at the takeoff. On the helium balloon there's a 360 degree camera, two GPS system in case one that connects to satellite the other one to um, mobile phone. Masts, Is that English?
0: The no, the people get it.
1: Antenna, <laughs> mast. It. Yeah. Um, we covered it with a whole group of very, very um, courageous people. We covered it in um, gold, in um, plated gold, we plated it. And um, also put some gold inside the balloon. Um, the reason why I chose to do this is because um, Gold actually comes from the universe. It it happens. It's created in the moment where uh, neutron stars, dead stars, collide and create an explosion. And in this huge explosion, that's where gold gets created. And through um, meteorites, that's how gold arrived in the the air. So I decided to go and symbolically, or even not just symbolically, go and place it back where it actually, to develop, a, to put it in, back into its original context within our relationship to it. And um, then I let go of the balloon and it flew to 35 kilometers, so way past, uh, out of the atmosphere of the Earth, which in at 13 kilometers and so much, and into the stratosphere, past the dead zone where we have no possibility of surviving. And uh, the camera took the images really 360 degrees. The balloon exploded and spread its gold and then came back down and we found it in a nature reserve um, in the middle of um, some very very tall plants in the middle of water. There was a little river that was kind of going past. It was very lucky that we even found it. The GPS sent an absolute precise um, coordinates that um, meant that we actually did find it and then I took out the, um, the images that the camera had recorded and uh, then the entire flight it takes about an hour and a half to go up and about half an hour, 45 minutes to come back down which if we were experiencing it live that would be really very very enjoyable but it's a bit long to be looking at it because um, obviously once you get up to a certain height it's all mm-hmm. Very similar. So I just cut slices out of it. I didn't change anything. I didn't change the sound. I didn't change the colors. It's really, for me, it's really important that it's really about the way that this technology is capable of even going out there and taking these images. It's going to a place where pretty much no one else can go apart from a few people who've actually done that physically. And um, so it's really about a recording of the physical situation and um, making it accessible to every person, to every normal human being, to make that experience that would otherwise be impossible without the technology. And through the virtual reality um, it's totally and utterly immersive because it's really, you can really turn wherever you turn, you're really seeing what the camera recorded. So if you look behind or below or above yourself and you're really Totally surrounded by the image, and it's very surprising how powerful that actually is and how real it feels. And that's something that um, gives us, as this point also says, the possibility to experience something that is so powerful that we really can integrate it and take it further.
0: Yeah, it's really what you were describing as this visual shift that you're kind of taking us into a a place where we could normally not go and this also changes our relationship with uh, planet earth in a way like to say hey we have to take care of it but in a way also making us feel Small but connected. That's what what I felt. That we're all in this together. And from the outer space, it's, it's so it's so tiny. And then especially the idea of then giving giving something back. It's not yeah. just taking from it, but giving back. Yeah. That's uh, that's what intrigued me when I was was looking at starting Stuttgart. Because normally I think I, I get to know a bit of the things that happen in the city. But so that of was really like a, a wow, aha <laughs> moment. And I'm, I'm glad that we're connecting right now, and I get to know even even deeper into uh, how how you did the piece.
1: What's also very interesting about the experience is that first we take off and we're leaving planet Earth and everything gets smaller and smaller and then you really have this feeling that you're actually really huge. It's like um, my niece described it as just being two huge eyes that are floating. You have really this overview um, effect which is very impressive. But then when we fall back down we landed in these tall plants and you're really from the bottom and you suddenly look up and it's like being like an ant. It's really like the experience of being like a bird or even further, being able to go even further away than a bird and then being like really actually a tiny little part of that whole image which you've seen from the
0: Cool, so like within 300 seconds you're you're kind of diving into like being gigantic, being like in outer space, back into uh, being like on eye level with some ants and... uh, and that's also the fun part. That it's like yeah. it's all it's all possible. It's this elasticity yeah. that you're also referring to, yeah. and how how at the first place did you get this interest for physics, challenging the laws of physics, but also combining it with artistic installations in between, from drawings to using immersive technology. Where did this interest come come in? <laughs> I don't
1: know. It's well, the way that I develop my projects. Well, with the um, virtual reality flight, it's something that I saw the first, I saw them discovered the first video and saw that it was possible. And then desperately really wanted to do something artistic with it, because it was, there was a hamburger and I think i going to play my bit. <laughs> and I figured we could do something else with that possibility. And um, yeah, what, what, what always comes back with me is um, these situations of um, um instability like moments where the, the, the like flying falling and levitating are situations that are between they're just very small short moments of and this is this is what fascinates me I think um it has to do also do with my um my biography that I've experienced a lot of changes I've also experienced a lot of um, sudden changes that have ripped me out of an image that I had of the world which I thought was absolutely non-questionable and um, which has just led, led to changes in my personal biography which led to um, great opening through going to live in England for many years and then I experienced that again very very powerfully when I went travelling and spent two years by myself on the road. And, um, Found a very very enjoyable um, discovery that when you're out there by yourself, first of all, the world is just full of amazing stuff and amazing people, and really, um, if you don't go out there, you, you kind of you can also get scared of what's happening out there and how it is, and maybe you should actually just stay for in your little cocoon. And um, once you actually go out and really um, meet people and really are involved in the different communities that you meet, there's um, very comforting and very beautiful um, experiences of being actually in the world, which is just full of such different realities, which you can cannot possibly imagine if you're not actually in that environment. And that pull out also the very different parts of yourself, and you. Right? sure you've made that same experience as well That you also discover parts of yourself which you would never discover otherwise and that's really amazing and also this feeling that whatever you do whether that morning you decide to go left or right or straight on or, or turn back or talk to one person or respond to someone else that that totally changes absolutely your very moment in that case because you're so free and that experience is something which i um, thing is so vital to not getting stuck into um, in, 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 also into like, preconceptions, into ideas, into fears, into that stop us from actually having the, the, the courage and having the trust to just jump into the cold water and, and swim and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, you talked about these these leaps, these leaps of faith, yeah. which are so important. Sometimes we, uh, even if we don't know, if even if we we think we might be faint, that we go into the unexpected because, in a way, as well, that's what the human existence might be about—to explore even further, not just the outside, but also the inside. And sometimes yeah. to explore the inside, you have to go go out, and, yeah. and nature and physics are definitely. Uh, some things are, are given in a way like gravity is given, but it's, it's interesting that you're looking for these intersection moments where you can you can feel the fragility of where something that should have been given or that you felt was given is still challenged or or questioned in a new way. Mm-hmm. And using art to to really question everything that's uh, that's really inspiring. <laughs> and on your on your journey into into the arts, you also studied arts in in Stuttgart. Were there any specific moments or also personalities, other artists that, uh, that created these eye-opening moments Moments for you or also like from your childhood were your parents into the art, what were the the persons on the way but also the moments that uh, that said, Marie uh, you want to be an artist or I want to be an artist, <laughs> whatever that means. It
1: took quite a while until um, I decided that I wanted to study art. Um, I grew up in a very uh, creative environment, And uh, I was surrounded by artists, had brilliant art teachers at school, but it was not uh, central to my interest until I was confronted by a life-threatening illness where I discovered art therapy in that situation. And I was totally fascinated by what transformation is possible through uh, art. So I decided to go to the academia and do a year as a guest student, so I could start studying art therapy. And then at the academia, I just realized there's there's, art therapy just seems so limited in comparison to the art world in itself, which is just can open absolutely every single direction. And then I applied and started as a normal (laughs) student. (laughs) Yeah, and artists that um, have inspired me are. Oh, and still inspire me, I think, the most important artist is James Terrell. He also works with um, physical phenomena and also creates experiences of um, total matter immersion and fascination and wonder. It's just, yeah, he's my, my biggest inspiration and otherwise obviously I'm also very interested in uh, Olafur Eliasson. It's, I don't always find his work um, the results brilliant, but I obviously find the what he's working with. I find that very interesting. I find Tomas Retzino also very fascinating. Um, yeah, that would be that would be the most the closest to my closest to my work. And also, I think maybe. It's just, coming to me because of your question that um, a friend of mine recently asked me the, how on earth did you deal with an art studies you have to, to consume to, to, to look at so many really hardcore things really also um, very um, painful things um, I think is also very 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 important that the art world is also taking responsibility for that but um, It's a very important uh, contribution to society. Looking at, um, giving the experience or bringing the also very challenging experiences of um, very difficult situations worldwide, um, and making them closer and being able to to, to really feel it. And at the same time, um, for me personally, I think. Bringing a an opening, bringing an element of lightness, bringing an experience of astonishment and wonder, and total pure enjoyment is also a very important part of of the, what art can provide for society, and that's a, a subject which I keep getting closer to, because it is just so much fun. It's just so.
0: <sighs> yeah, it makes you breathe, it makes you kind yes. of feel alive.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, get, um, get a get distance and objectivity and also um, um, visions or ideas for other options, other results, other solutions.
0: Yeah, like I like this a lot, that the art can really in a way, help us to change perspective. Sometimes get out of the density of of something that might be in our in our head and bring it back into our what we can feel. And, yeah. and also like reconnect with our with our senses using technology. It's really it's getting immersive, but I think sometimes just just the drawing and what what it does to you, but not just like on a uh, on a cognitive level, but also with with the whole body. That's that's the important part. Yeah, Where yeah, exactly. I think art Absolutely. is is actually getting getting more important yeah. in these uh, yeah. times when it all feels so dense to bring back the light and also yeah. the, the lightness sometimes there's just sometimes uh, a smile and sometimes that you see somebody put something in mm. what, I, what I read about you that you also leave this open space to the audience that it's not about you saying this particles of gold that are sparkling it's about giving back but you just leave it open how do you refer to this openness do you have a specific idea that you want to uh to bring to the audience, or is it rather an an open sensation uh, how how defined do you uh, do you think art has to be and especially like about your art project because you have a clear idea also challenging physics but on the other hand I feel you also create an, an open space right yeah,
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah I think it's very important to have as an artist to have your own idea and to be very precise in what this that is you're wanting to work towards but uh, in the production and in the results that you create it's so vital that the people who get to see the art and experience the art that they um, feel totally free to have their own connections and that there's there's enough um, in the images and the experiences that there's enough uh, openness for each person to find their um, and connection to it and some people find it really just on a physical level through the senses as you were saying which is very important and most of the work that I do is that we really experience it totally with the senses. It also um, has to do with the fact that I grew up very close to nature and also while I was traveling I was very close to the landscape in Australia for seven months and it's um, this experience through the senses is as you say, it's like the the, the bridge towards um, getting away from stuck ideas, and really, um, it's also very enjoyable. It's something I also um, do on on a daily basis that I I for um, for my work as well as preparation for before I start working, and just very regularly I, I go on derive, mainly not necessarily in town, and the way that the situation situation is. Um, did it but um, in nature and to really focus and I realize it takes so much um, awareness and um, constant remembering to actually really just let ourselves be immersed and really pick up on the way that uh, something smells or the way that it feels or the light or the wind or to, to really just focus on these experiences through the senses and nature is very generous and so it's really enjoyable as well.
0: Um... Well, picking up on these uh, creative routines, what inspires you? Is it in a way that you say before? (laughs) This is fine,
1: can't very
0: often. Could have waited. <laughs> <laughs> um, so picking up on, on these creative routines and rituals, you said that uh, getting yourself immersed into nature is really mesmerizing for you. Uh, you also have two kids. How do you kind of balance this family and, and artist life in a way, but also how do you find these spots to really get onto this, this creative deep dive before you you get into a new idea because the ideas, we all know, sometimes they happen under the shower, sometimes they happen in traffic jam, but sometimes they happen just out of the, out of the nothing. And we're living in this world of uh, constant distractions. How do you create this free spaces for you to, to let new things come in? Do they happen in a moment like this? Or is it rather that you have to connect the dots to bring something new into being? Tell us a little bit about your yeah, creative rituals.
1: Um a bit of a mixture of both, there's also different phases where, um, where I do a lot of reading, a lot of researching, a lot of... Um, also because physics really interests me, I also um, do research on that level, what is actually, what are the laws of physics and through that then images turn up and then I know, ah, got it, this is... Um, the image which I'd like to present and um, otherwise uh, for me what's also really important is um, spending time in museums and in galleries and exhibitions that's something that really reconnects me also with the experience that I'm looking to produce when I make the experience of that in the exhibitions it reconnects me to to that experience which I try to also uh, offer with my work. And you mentioned that the fact that I have kids, that's, um, I expect that also plays a role in in what fascinates me because, you know, I'm sure you know that as well, you have a three-year-old, right?
0: Three-year-old, one-year-old, yes. And one-year-old, excellent,
1: best age. A lot of work, but great. (laughs) And the the kids are just, um, they are the epitome of these experiences, which I'm trying to describe, they, they, they can get totally and utterly lost. They, they, they're constantly lost, in they can forget everything and be really. Um, and, and, and looking at the world through their eyes is just totally inspiring. And the questions that they ask, and how they can stand in front of something for minutes on end and totally forget that everything else is happening, is definitely also feeds my work and my.
0: My, the way that I see things as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Noah's currently just learning to walk and he's also like challenging his belief of gravity that uh, crawling might be uh, the best way to get around and then for sure seeing his elder brother and, and seeing how, how he sees them and how they interact, but as well these moments when they totally dive into one activity and they repeat it, they repeat it and something change and They are Yeah, they create this, this world that we sometimes uh, are hard to get into again. This this total laser laser focus yeah. on something where everything else is just uh, super blurry outside, and it's this this focus that we that we need to to pursue and go actually a bit deeper than just yeah. just the surface level. Yeah,
1: absolutely, which is something that I also try and reaccess regularly through these deriv in nature to to be in the moment, to be in really what's happening there, because we're constantly back in our heads and our thoughts and our worries, and what we have to do, and to actually really dive into what is now.
0: Dive into the deep now.
1: Yeah. That's nice, dive into the deep now. Yeah. <laughs> a, good, a good new credo. Maybe, maybe already a new piece of art. Deep now. deep now.
0: <laughs> yeah, the kids, they, they have it a lot of times deep now is something that I also refer to I'm uh, I'm regularly diving deeper into the flow experience and deep now is this moment where it becomes timeless so sometimes things are speeding up that you're in this activity and times just passing by but sometimes you also have these uh, slow slow motion moments um, but I would not say they just happen but in the creative world it's uh, as we we're working with these giant puppets. It's mm-hmm. as well this moment of sometimes we feel that we can kind of stop time for a moment. while Doom this moving? Everything is just getting super slow. Yeah. But in the process, you just feel like, hey, how long? Like in an improvisation session, how long did we actually just uh, just perform And It it's just it was thirty minutes or eight minutes. So this uh, this is an ability that I feel artists should even share more, not just as as the spectator, but also what I, uh, what I love to do is also bring people into this artistic uh, artistic movement mm-hmm. in, in a way that they also see one part is seeing a piece, but the other part is like, how can you really dive into this with them together? Yeah. Um, did you yeah, already... That
1: happens, that always happens with Dondo. They're, <laughs> they're just magic. I
0: know, way. It's really
1: fascinating. It's really. Everyone stands around meets to like, like kids.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like shrinking everybody's uh, perception on a yeah, kid's like, level, yeah. and then they they are again on this focus because mm-hmm. you're you're small but not small, and unimportant but just small in mm-hmm. this uh, collective wonder and awe. Yeah, 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 which is yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah, Dundu is so so gentle and so so light that it's really it can only be even though this. Um, feeling being so small is okay, there's a great
0: gentle giant that's there, that's amazing. Talking about like the realization phase of the project, so you have this great idea, but then also how to put gold on it, how to get the helium, how to get even like a permission, because sometimes it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission, how does this phase, or how do you get through this phase, where I would say you also have to bring sometimes the business or production head on, because I, at least from my perspective, you can't just be only creative and then other people will do it. But you also have to take care of this part. How do you uh, derive and dive into into this part? Is there also a routine to get into it, or uh, just have to? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and it takes so much time. Very uh, tiring. It's also, also fun. I, I also like being in contact with people and like for example with the Golden Balloon I found um, I the person who's responsible for giving me the allowance to have the takeoff there and she said well actually you're not allowed to record anything. Also drones are not allowed because there's the... the airport or... No, because of the political ah. uh, buildings. And then she said, Yeah, but be a it would be a real shame if the arts suffered because of that. So I'll tell you what, you're going to send me a mail and you're going to write this, 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 this. <laughs> <laughs> and then two days later, I got the response that they would make uh, an exception. That's
0: great that you let me ask. German bureaucratic layers. Yeah. There are people who understand the importance of this and can just say, "We, we can do it." So also that, even like with you reaching out to them, you're already challenging their uh, their perspective. Yeah. That like, okay, that's what the the rule and the law says. But on the other hand, it's it's important and to see this uh, the Kunst, ist rise of this artistic freedom. Uh, that I experience sometimes more as a clown, that you can do things that you should normally not do, but I think that's also what what's important for mm-hmm. the arts, to, mm-hmm. to, to actually not just that we have to grant freedom to the arts, but also that the arts...
1: Provide freedom. Yeah, and that they take freedom. it. Sometimes they, they
0: rather take it. Uh, yeah, so.
1: absolutely. But well, that's something that's also I really appreciate here in Stuttgart, is the um, cultural office that really supports that. That was also a part of the project, is that... Um, It was funded by the cultural office, and um, I provided the virtual reality in the public space, there where the takeoff took place for a few weekends in a row. So I stood there and I had an information board with the description of what it is and what happened when, and um, provided the possibility to make that experience. In the open space, to be away from this white cube um, situation where only a few Few people uh, go into because it's too expensive or because they feel inadequate or they don't dare or they're just not interested. And um, yeah, so to be able to, to really provide that on the streets and, um, is something which the cultural office in the last few years has really supported, which is really excellent. Now we're having a change of um, director. I wonder how it's going to develop. I hope that they keep this. Um, st- support of uh, really supporting the artists in their free projects away from the arts um, industry markets to really produce um, works which are politically and aesthetically relevant and also to make it accessible to to every person who's not necessarily in their daily life coming into contact with art. You've just being confronted then through Artistic um, actions
0: in that town. I think that's actually even more important right now. Like we had this lockdown, and all mm. the institutions were down, and so a lot of the artistic action moved out with a like with a limited amount of, of possible spectators. Well, we all hope that we can uh, scale up for spectators. Also, I think at a certain point, it's interesting to think of smaller audiences and really moving this smaller audiences even deeper, because with a huge audience, it's always like. It's, it's always like a, a struggle with, okay, where the emergency exits. So I think what you did and also then uh, taking the art out to people that are not so be it familiar or would not be interested. And I also that that's also art because mm. I feel especially also the belief systems about art, that how we grew up, our first art teacher or how we, how our parents, thought, thought of art. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's already defining a lot how we might... Uh, get into it and so uh, it's, it's a great way to...
1: Absolutely, we did a project in Freiburg with the magnets. We had them um, they're being held by carbon fibre because that's the only material that is... Um, both magnets weigh one kilo each, so they're heavy, and they have uh, 200 kilogram... Um, ...Zugkraft, zu- zu- uh, sure English... Uh, ...pulling force. Yeah. Um, and then in that NSX um, in Freiburg, we made holes into the windows and into the walls of the exhibition space, and went and fixed the um, um, carbon fiber to the balconies, to the windows of the neighbors, because uh, it's actually a place where they, they they have a lot of exhibitions. But it's in like in the middle of a. An, um, an area where there's just people, simple houses, and people are just in a a simple neighborhood where it's not in the middle of the town center or anything. And um, the curator I was working with at the time, Jean-Christophe Arcos from Paris, um, was very interested by how the relationship is between this um, living area and this exhibition space. And there was really pretty much no exchange. So that's why we decided that we would go and say hello, so we knocked on all the doors and um, really also connected people which was really amazing that people, because I had one carbon fiber going to this one and then to that one and then they all met at the opening and people, who most of them had never been set foot in the exhibition space because a lot of them said they just don't dare. They don't know if it costs something. They don't know if they have to get dressed up. They don't know, and they feel a bit shy, basically. And so through this project, we really had that it was just such a nice opening. And then there's one one guy who was looking for a job. He got a job through within one neighbor. He was also part of the project, so that was really really nice interaction between. This white cube and, this and also people. And
0: also this kind of like attraction, but also this impact that you create through the arts, which is not just a piece, but also what happens with the people that see it, and they come together in a new way, and, and you create like a, wow. a common space, a co- common, so different and diverse sensation that then creates something something new. I, I like this a yeah. lot. Uh, that it's, yeah, it creates it's creating new narratives as well. That people yeah. that might not have a, a common connection point through this uh, external intervention, yeah. you creating like a, a common spot, and from there like a new network can can actually grow up. But it's a starting impulse. Sometimes I really feel that the art can be a new starting impulse to create something new, something new of uh, of, of mutual. Uh, not just interest, but of mutual connection.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think it's also really important that the arts actually take that step, that the artists and the art world actually take that step and open the doors and invite, because we kind of tend to get in that we're in our little circle and we have our conversations, we all understand each other and yes, and this and that and here and um, to actually really open the doors and really make that a focus also within the art practice to make that possible because otherwise it won't happen if we don't actually
0: make it yeah i also feel that the artists are rather more able to take the initiative to take the first step and from there on yeah the magic will happen because uh, i think creativity is something we all have in common and it's just like making the first step and and opening up this space this free space And, and from there yeah it's it's oftentimes so magical, but I also totally agree that yeah, the artists are in their studio, they're working on something, and uh, the rest, they they don't understand us, and, and so on and so on. And the institutions are sometimes sometimes too much, too far away, too far away from the norm, and they uh, they working, sometimes you say the elites yeah. and these things, uh, who's going to the opera. So I also experienced in the recent conversation it was also interesting how both taking some of the formats online, which mm-hmm. made like the the threshold uh, a lot smaller to say yeah. oh, okay, I'm going to experience an opera uh, because I can get. I can be dressed as I want, for yeah, sure. Like I can sit in my
1: dressing gown
0: with my towel on my hands. In a way, but I, I think it's a it's a big chance. But as well, I think like we can just leave it all to to cyberspace and the internet. It's it's even more important to see that what are public spots that you we could. Uh, we could bring some uh, some interesting installations, some some nice performances yeah. into to to, uh, to also create this new well, new narrative yeah. that we need after after this time of lockdown and this new belonging. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think there's been um, very positive things that have happened online. I find it great that um, the Logics of Gold is now part of the Espace multimedia of collection. It's the state collection the biggest set collection of digital art. And uh, the Spaces, another flight, which I did for the ZKM is also part of their collection. And when the lockdown started, I I had the idea we can't just keep it in the collections there. And so I, I wrote to them and suggested that we put it online because there was really in this moment of lockdown where everyone was so stuck and really couldn't breathe and couldn't go out, couldn't. But giving the opportunity to really make that experience Felt just totally right. So I was very pleased that these institutions were also winning, because obviously it's also an investment for them, and it's the art world and all of that. I was really pleased that to see that in the institution there's really an openness to really respond and to provide art as appropriately as possible according to the situation. And um, what I also observed in um, at the opening of the last ZKM exhibition, they had, they did it the online. They now have critical uh, critical zones. They have um, an exhibition in in fiscal ex- exhibition, which opened on the 24th of July, and but they did the opening online with three days of podium discussions, videos, and all live for three days, and they had 34,000 visitors which is what they have per exhibition, per year normally. And obviously it's not the same experience as really seeing the artworks there, but it's really an amazing possibility to really make it accessible to people in London, in New York, in Bombay, so auch immer through the, mm-hmm. this digital opening, which is, I think, something very positive. I, I've also had access to stuff which I normally would have missed because uh, I can't go there because it's too far, it's too expensive, and um, that's really a very, very positive
0: thing. by yeah. Yeah. Well, I sometimes describe it as the extension of this analog experience that you might have in a museum or in a performance that afterwards through the digital, be it before or after that, especially like while all these... Uh, physical borders still feel more closed than ever. Yeah. That you said, Bombay, New York. That this global community, at least like in the internet, is more connected than ever. And you, uh, you have the chance to digitally hop to to things that uh, kind of like in physical space. Uh, you're in traffic jam here and there. You have to make a a decision. Where do I want to go? And yeah. for sure, the networking part might uh, might be feeling. On the one hand, on the other hand, I also have discussions with great artists uh, around the world. So I feel. Uh, yeah, we, we should use the connection. So, right now, I'm really enjoying as well being with you in a room and, and seeing as well where you work and in this part of the story. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, taking in the best case, taking both advantages and seeing as well the, the global connection, but also thinking rather, look, what are the things that I can do, do here, yeah. immerse in nature and the Yeah,
1: which I think most people have also really strongly experienced. There's been like bikes, bike shops are like, they've got nothing left because everyone's cycling again so I think people are also really getting closer to sense experiences through the situation and at the same time the global opening the international global opening through the internet is um, something which has really been moved forward through the corona crisis and I think now it's going to be a question of finding the the right balance and, and supporting the positive developments on all the levels which i think is coming from from individuals is coming quite powerfully on a political and economical level it's not so like for example this uh, rescue package from the state for the creative and Artistic sector of Mm -hmm. uh, one billion euros, which has been granted, Mm -hmm. provided, and at the same time uh, nine billion for Lufthansa. It's like two. What are are the numbers? Two. (sighs) Uh, The, the, yeah, the, the culture and creative sector, sector employs 1 million people and has a 200 billion turnover a year. And Lufthansa has like 35,000 people and have a turnover of a like small part of what the creative sector actually provides. So, I mean, it's not even really just um, economically, There's just somehow. Uh, like, That that, that makes me a little bit (laughs) (laughs) crazy and anxious because I feel like through from society there's a lot of stuff that has changed and the individuals already made new totally new experiences and have had time and um, but it kind of feels like on a political and economical level that there's this really strong drive to just go back to normal, to normal.
0: Yeah, as well the question what is relevant for the system and what is not and are the arts relevant? For sure, and now we could see that like the hospital and the, at least in Germany, like the health system is somehow working and uh, the question really is, would be is flying, is this, uh, is this system relevant in, in 10 years, in 15 years, or are we going to use the, the goggles and, uh, and dive into these other worlds? We are like cyberspace virtual reality experiences. Um, right. It's a it's as well like this self understanding in a way that the arts have need subsidized. That's at, as well one part that I'm like at least we do we've been juggling it that like without subsidized, despite uh, the the space that we that we have. Uh, it's a bit like trying to uh, to build a bridge between arts and business we say okay we play for the big companies on the other hand as well this gives us the free space but there's as well a dependency and it would be nice if it could be even freer that you say you have this idea but as well then you you need some grants you need some funds so yeah. i think that's still a part that uh we all haven't found the right the right answer to maybe like it's as, as well Asking a new question, not about like finding the the answer to this problem that seems to so, so given, so so set, so but rather than, like a question: What's the importance of art for a society to yeah. move to move forward? Because as well right now we had this also creative climate demonstration, and this is as well like a, something I rather see as an artistic intervention, uh, and and that might be as well a new role for for artists to to go back to public space and. The question is then, like, how can a society as well um, kind of appreciate also to make to, to create a living for, for the artist? Yeah, um, and I haven't found the, the answer yet for uh, for this, but yes, yeah.
1: yeah, there was an interesting article in the Tagesspiegel from Berlin recently about they really support the, the idea that. Um, museums need to be supported more by uh, politics to provide uh, an independence from the art market and to really provide um, to be a museum also to to preserve art and to to make uh, the piece of art part of collection that will be shown and preserved but also to really support um, living artists and to provide spaces um, for uh, autonomy and, and, and to also have time to produce, to not produce, to satisfy the art market and the next fashion mm. for the next fair, but to really actually provide artists with the space and the autonomy and the time to produce relevant art. I was really pleased to read this article. i have to see Let's... where we're going to get the money for it.
0: Yeah, well just print a bit more. <laughs> could, could be the an answer.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe we should start getting into money productions, <laughs> so we can be independent.
0: Well, Dr. again about the, the last few months, what has been happening, is there a, a particular idea that has emerged out of this, I, I always call it current creative times, that uh, sometimes it's a time when we zoom in, that new things actually pop up because a lot of distractions fall away. Mm-hmm. Uh, please share with us what, what happened inside the artistic marine.
1: <laughs> there's been quite a lot going on. Um, one, uh, there's quite a few concrete ideas which I've developed and I've uh, been working on them in um, model form and as soon as everything reopens then I can start developing them further. Um, there's one idea which is still totally unconcrete but somehow I, I, I really want to, 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 to explore that and that's the, I, to somehow use this um, feeling that is currently there that um, through this um, difficult situation, this challenging situation which has opened our experience and opened our thinking and that this is something which is really present at the moment and somehow to to, to to catch this, to catch, um, catch this energy, and to, to somehow reach out. I think what's also very important, if we're going to be um, still digitalizing a lot, I think we're still going to be there for a while. To 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 not to not um, be in a situation where you're producing, uh, where you're consuming, you know, to 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 actually really. Like we did in the LSX, that we really involved people to open on on a digital on a digital level, maybe through social media, because that's just the communication platform which is just totally that's um, the most popular mm-hmm. communication platform. But I, I have no concrete idea yet. What? Um, but somehow I'm kind of catching that energy somehow and saying. What what are the ideas? Okay, so kind of creating kind of a melting pot of ideas, energies and thoughts. But I haven't I, it's not concrete yet.
0: Cool. Well, let's let's see how this new idea is galvanized to something again epic that uh, that extends our our perception. Is there anything that you could give young artists that also experience these hard times right now on, on their way to uh, or to create their their own way of art, to, to get into the arts, uh, anything that you, from your artistic uh, experience, could share with them.
1: Don't let anyone get you down. Follow your passion. Find, where is it, where is it that it burns in me, where it's like, I can't, it, can't, it doesn't let me go, I have to, and it's not that easy to actually define. Um, because there's so many options, there's so many fascinating things, there's so many interesting information and and also it's very intimate, the art that everyone produces and sometimes it's really scary to actually open up with it and um, yeah, so just uh, where it's burning and to not let it go and, and what might be coming from left and right um, um, criticism or um, to actually use it positively, listen to the criticism, listen to uh, what people, how people are responding, because I think it's also important, but you use it to not change what it is that you're really looking towards, but to um, define for yourself why it is that you are doing it that way and why you're not doing it another way
0: nice one so yeah feel feel the burn in a way don't let yourself get get down but like listen to what's coming from the yes. outside and in this feedback loop kind of like find a, a redefinition or like a, another visual shift towards again getting getting not a different perspective but rather a, an extended
1: perspective yeah 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 and be able to define it and be able to and obviously when we're stuck in our our own bubble, sometimes we don't realize that other people are just not seeing it, that we're not managing to access really an image or an experience which is relevant to the others. So that feedback is really important but sometimes it can be very destructive and very negative. So finding a way to use it to actually get closer to what it is that you're working towards and finding images that also really speak, that really open up and really can
0: involve other people. Wow, beautiful words of wisdom to wrap this up. <laughs> that was another uh, very beautiful and inspiring episode. Thanks for, for tuning in. Thanks, Marie, so much for, for taking the yeah, time opening the doors of your studio and yeah, taking us with your wings uh, into a, an imaginative world. <laughs> wow, what a beautiful flight with Marie. She really asks all of us to get out, explore the power of nature and from there with this inspiration create your own art. We can all do it. Please follow us on Instagram at SeaArtsNow and check out Marie's beautiful work of art.